Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 76 of the Caesar Show. It's your boy, Sir Caesar, and I'm back feeling better than ever. I hope you guys have been staying safe, practicing social distancing, and, you know, just quarantining and, uh, you know, just continue to be great as well, too. So uh, today's going to be a nice, nice episode. I actually have a special guest that's going to come up here, and I'm very, very excited um, to interview him a little bit and, you know, just pick his little basketball brain, so to say, as well, too. So before we even get into today's episode, I just want to rehash episode 75. It was Trey and I's first, first episode recording remotely. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. And what we talked about was, you know, what we've been doing during quarantine since you know I, we haven't recorded in about a month uh, whether the NBA should return or not different solutions um, that we should come to or they should come to when they return um, the Hall of Fame finalists and much much more so um, without further ado I'm about to go ahead and contact my special guest and let's see what he's all about so without further ado ladies and gentlemen I'm going to introduce my guest and he goes by Stan Miles what's good man what's good on man how you doing today I'm doing good, doing good. I've uh, been a pretty busy morning slash early afternoon. How you been holding up during these quarantine times, man? Man, I've been trying to stay busy as much as possible, man. Being you can't get out, can't watch any sports, can't film any sports. It's been a pretty trying time for sure. Um, I've been going in the vault with all the players I got saved up from over the past two years. I was trying to keep everybody occupied uh, with the missing of sports, just not basketball, all sports. Uh, but it's been a tough time trying to perfect the craft and keep busy as much as possible by staying safe as well. Yeah, for sure. And, that, and that's one thing I always say, you know, you got to have that mama mentality, you know what I'm saying? Always perfect your craft. So, you know, when that moment comes back, you're going to be ready instead of being all the way behind as well too. You feel me? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. So, you know, you know, I've been following you from a while, from afar. Um, I already know a little bit about you, but I want you to uh, talk to me a little bit about hoop image, everything about it, you know, what, what got you started, um, why you love it, what have you done, who have you met. Just talk to me about everything, man. I'm all ears right now. Okay, okay. So, I mean, who got <laughs> me started about – it actually will be three years next month. Um, I counted by AAU seasons, which is the athletic um, AAU travel basketball. Um, it'll be three years next year, man. It's been a long time coming. Um, I started it. It was weird. I wanted to get back into sports, but I didn't really want to coach. Um and it just popped in my head one day, like the name, the logo, the branding, or how everything I wanted to do it. Um, I've always been a big lover of basketball. And it, it just fit it. it. It just worked well for me. Um, it made me want to get back into it. It made me want to grind. It made me want to push out content. Um, one of the main reasons I started was uh, 8i Media, Jamie Boyer. He's a filmer from uh, Philly. Uh, he works real close with Dion Waiters, Will Barton, um, those type of guys, Morris Twins. Um, I learned a lot from him. I had a chance to meet him at Will Barton camp uh, about two years ago. I met Will Barton. Um, he's probably the biggest basketball player I've met up to this point. Uh, Will's my guy. He's actually one of my favorite players before I even met him. Uh, so I've seen him pretty much. Uh, I've seen some guys that's going to be pros in the next few years, uh, but we'll talk about that later on. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, been going on for three years as well, too. Any any most memorable experience that you've had thus far? Uh, it has to be this year. I actually had a chance to film um, John Marshall High School, which they won the two-way state championship right before everything shut down. Uh, it was pretty a pretty big moment for Hoop Image, uh, following that along the entire season. And 
for sure. Okay. Cool, man. Cool. Well, keep it up. Well, before even we get into today's topics, you know, you know, where do you see yourself as far as like long term? Uh, what do you want to do with your brand? Um, right now, long term, I'm I'm definitely just wanting the branding and the networking um, with more companies as far as like Adidas and more basketball branded companies and helping put a spotlight on these kids who don't get the opportunity to get that in such a small market such as Richmond, Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. I do try to reach out to the surrounding areas and the well. I just want to be a, a brand at the end of the day. Uh, I'm not going to compare myself to Ball's Life of Slam. We just want to be a brand of our own, um, creating our own way with our own talent. Mm. I respect that. I respect it. That's dope, man. We'll keep keep going at it. And like I said, I'm always going to be supporting and you know trying to spread spread that awareness as well too. So sure, I respect sure. it. Sure, likewise. Cool. Um, so we can get into today's topics. Uh, first thing um, I just want to bring uh, awareness to is Carl Anthony Towns um, and his mother. So um, a couple of days ago, well, a couple a couple of weeks ago, he kind of went on social media and announced that his mother and father, I believe, both got exposed to the coronavirus um, as well, too. And then earlier this week, she ended up passing away from it due to complications with that. So um, that just kind of I can kind of see where he's coming from um, in the sense that, you know, losing someone that you, you know, care about a lot as well, too. So um, just want to, you know, extend the arm out, extend prayers out to him and his family. I know he's going through a rough time. So, I mean, the only thing that you can really do is, you know, hold on to those good memories, um, all those basic teachings that she instilled in him as well, too, and try to, you know, keep pushing forward, you know, and I know he has a lot of people that love him um, as well. So um, hopefully he can move forward. But on a more serious note, it's like this COVID-19, this coronavirus, this is this is serious, man. It's different. Um, it's different. It, it is. It's, it's different. very different. Very. So, so I, I, I really hope, you know, it sucks in a way, but I really hope like people start to take this even more serious. I mean, we, we've seen the unemployment rates go up every year. I mean, every, every week we've seen um, people, a lot of people have been furloughed as well. too. we've seen a lot of people catch cases on a daily basis. So um, hopefully we can find a way to actually become more serious and really practice in social distancing, quarantining it up Mm -hmm. and just know that if we can, you know, implement these, you know, things every single day is going to get better. But I think more so importantly, it starts with, you know, trying to have readily available tests um, for most of the public in the United States as well, too. Then we can figure things out as well. So um, hopefully we can move forward with that. And, uh, you know, everyone just try to stay safe during these times for real, for real. Yeah, for sure. And once everybody, once everybody learned that once we can buckle down and get what needs to be done first, everything can go back to normal. Uh, yeah. But until we yeah. cooperate and really lock in for these whatever – time period that they need us to we can get back to normal it can be sports again you know so yeah yeah and I, I i don't want to prolong it you know i know it's gonna be a while but like i say let, let's just take these steps so we can get like you said get back yeah, to normal like, let's get it done early <laughs> literally the other day like yeah and i was saying like literally the other day i went to um I went to pick up some food from grubhub like outside of my apartment and i literally see like four to six people all going to the apartment. I'm like, yo, I know y'all don't live together, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are y'all doing right now? Right. And what sucks right. is that right. 50% of the people who have this virus don't show any symptoms at all. So it's like, I know you don't show any symptoms, but 
there's a good chance that you can carry this with you and expose someone else, and that that person exposed someone else X Y Z, and it just spreads even more. So, yeah. Um, not gonna lie, that kind of got me heated. I ain't say nothing because you know <laughs> I don't really know him like that. But you can tell I gave him a little thing, disgust. Look, sure, it's just like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta work together in these situations, man. I don't, I gotta go to the grocery store, but I don't even like going to the grocery store right now. It's like let's just get it done so we can yeah get back to the norm. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Definitely right. agree, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's get into some of the topics. So, um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about, uh, you know, with the season put on hold, you know, we definitely need to see a champion. And, you know, one person that comes to my mind is uh, LeBron James. You know, uh, I felt like right before it ended, you know, he played against the the Bucks, He played against the Clippers. Um, he was really, you know, stating his uh, re. Well, I say he was stating his dominance again as best player because there was a narrative that, Oh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, just came off this historic finals run. And Giannis, you know, is the new heir apparent or whatnot, you know. Uh, so it was pretty good to see him go into those games and just have that playoff zero dark, zero dark 30 mentality as well, too. So my thing to you is, you know, with the season put on hold, do you think this kind of, in a way, ruins his chances of getting ring number four? Because when you think about it, like, this is year 17 for him. Um, and then on top of that, he's 35 years old. AD has one year left on his contract with the Lakers. We don't even know if he's going to re-up or not. There was just rumors saying that he sold his house in L.A. Um, and, you know, teams like Golden State are going to be fully healthy. KD should be fully healthy. Um, the Clippers should get more, uh, you know, chemistry with them as well, too. All these teams are going to get better. So do you think this takes away from him getting ring number four, or do you think, you know, it's the king when there's a will, there's a way? Ah, oh, man, I look at it like he was having a, a great season. To be in year 17, you don't see what he was doing often. And that's just being honest. You know, year 17 was completely different for LeBron. And going into year 18 with the Clippers forming together and, you know, you got those guys coming back, being healthy, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for sure. I feel like the Lakers were flying. They were firing on all cylinders this season, especially LeBron. You know, we've seen LeBron we hadn't seen him do since the first time he was in Cleveland. Um, so with that, and then with AD being up in the air, I, it's hard for me to see AD leaving, but with this day and age, just don't know. Um, yeah. So looking at it, I think this year was LeBron's best chance for sure. Um, and it starts to fade off a little bit as it gets in the year 18, 19, and then, of course, year 20 which I think he's trying to play with his son. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to see right now. Yeah, definitely hard, man. But he's uh, he's just a rare, rare case, man. Like how many people are going to be in their prime for this long? He's damn near the best player since he's, you know, stepped foot in the NBA as well too. So it's kind of – it kind of just speaks to his greatness, but at the same time it's like, yo, come on, no one in the league going to want to step up and, you know, try to get right. that thrown from him as well too. But – I honestly think he can probably do this for about maybe three more years in his prime. The way he's playing right now, I mm -hmm. knock on wood. Like, like even with Kobe, like before Kobe 
suffered his Achilles injury against Golden State, actually, which was crazy, which started the whole Golden State yeah. era. Um, right. He was playing at an all-time level. Obviously, he was on, under Mike D'Antoni's system and whatnot, but he took it upon himself to play at an all-time level. Um, so I think if LeBron can avoid um, getting any major injuries, I think he can do this literally for like three more years as well, too. But I don't think right. this is going to hinder his chances to get a ring. As long as he got AD with him and he's playing at the level he needs to be playing at, you can literally – Plugging pieces around him, you know what I'm saying. So I yeah. think I think he's I think That's he's in. Scary part. Yeah, that is a scary part too. That is That's so. A, yeah, scary part. You just get just a robin, just to ride along. The two gonna carry it. We just need somebody to show up on the off night. That's yeah. pretty scary. That's very very scary, man. So right. it's kind of crazy too because the NBA um, Players Association, the NBA, they released something and they basically said that um, I think their next paycheck, they're going to be paid in full, but because of the whole lockout or the suspension of the NBA, they're going to be starting, they're going to start the whole one-fourth of their paychecks, which I think is smart as well, too. But my thing is, it's like, if we come back and we resume the regular season, so there's basically like 20, 22 games left for each, for each team. If we come back and resume the season, like, I wonder what's going to happen because when you think about it, I don't really see us playing, if anything, Maybe till what July, August? Are we going to finish the regular season? Yeah. And if we do finish the regular season, contracts sort of expire around that time in July when you become a free agent, and whatnot. Yeah. So there's a lot of free agents. So will they will they still be? Able, do you think they'll still be able to play and finish the season and play in the playoffs, or do you think they would still be like not under contract and be free agents? Like, would they be sitting out? Like, how 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 do you envision that working or happening? Well, I envision with the sports side of things, you know, you got the sports, you got the, everybody who loves basketball, but you got the business side of things too. And it's on this date, at such and such time, I, I'm down free agents. I don't see people risking their big contract years essentially to finish out. Because you got some people who will, but then you got some people who chase the dollar signs, you know. So it's like, why would I waste getting hurt? I'm not on a contract. You know, I'm I'm risking a max deal here to finish out a season here where we're, we're the, what, seven seed. I'm not speaking about anybody in particular, just, you know, putting in the forefront. We're the seven seed. We'll probably lose in the second round. Oh, well, type of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Okay, cool. Um, moving on to another topic. You know, with the league, you know, being in limbo right now, uh, which team do you think is benefiting the most, um, you know, with this time off? Uh, I would have to say, for sure, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, they're, they're superstars in their prime. And this basically buys them another year. I mean, they was already buying another year by Kawhi played this day, he played this day, don't play this day. I mean, they were buying years on his, on, on his prime lasting anyway. I think this helps them even better. This doesn't it wasn't a failure because we didn't finish the season. We were top in the West. We had a good year. No, we didn't win a championship because that's because the season stopped. I think it bad Doc Rivers another year as well. Mm, I like that. I like that. And then my but next the question has been the most for sure. Yeah. And then all right, so my next question Obviously, you said they, they benefit the Clippers the most. Who do you think is at most of a disadvantage because of this rest? It's a split. I think the Raptors are doing great things on their side of things. 
the Bucks are doing great things as well. Who knows what Giannis is going to do? You know, <laughs> it's not just the rest. It's just you just don't know. And then the Lakers, of course, because you got some, your best players in year, like we said before, 17. Um, I think the most has, wow, this really hurt us for sure. But it also, and not to go back to the previous topic, it helped the Pelicans. Zion health was kind of in and out. This rest, he gets a whole year, but half a year anyway. Rest that knee and come back next year. Voila. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I like that. I like that too. So um, I feel like I was torn between two teams on who benefits the most. So um, for one, I completely agree with you with the Clippers. You know, yeah. they were essentially like the most banged up all year as well too. Um, you know, PG came from a shoulder injury. Um, then he was battling some hamstring problems as well too. We already know with Kawhi, he has low management. They say he has like degenerative knees or something like that. So he can't even play back to back. So he has to spend mm-hmm. that day off um, really, you know, trying to regain that strength and, you know, just staying good and whatnot as well too. So, um, I think that helps them from a health standpoint as well, too. And we're going to see, you know, a fresh PG and Kawhi and the Clippers as well, too, because they started hitting their stride. I believe, aside from losing to the Lakers um, that Sunday night on ABC, that showcase, they were, I think, 9-0 and um, yeah. when they were fully they were healthy from the top down as well, too. So I think that's one. Another one, I guess it kind of really just depends on what we do with that AFC. So when we come back, are we going to – you know, are we going to have a battle for the eighth seed or are we gonna, are we just going to say, yo, F that, Memphis, you're the eighth seed. You guys are, what, two, three, two, two and a half games um, f- above, you know, above uh, the eighth seed or whatever. Are you guys going to get that? So I was saying probably Portland, if you can play for the eighth seed or you can finish the last 20 games because they've been pretty banged up as well too. Nurkic has been hurt and he's been battling a lot of injuries with Dame and whatnot. So I feel like – out of those teams that are fighting for the eighth seed, I think they will have the best shot to get the eighth seed and potentially, you know, play the Lakers to at least six games as well, too. So I think they would benefit the most. As far as who would be at a disadvantage, I'll probably go with the Bucks. Um, Cause I saw that Giannis, I guess depending on where he lives at, he's not really able to touch a basketball. I mean, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't able to touch basketballs, you know. Obviously, the people who are like who are like uh, live in the city, maybe live in like a condo or live in an apartment yeah. um, or on like a rookie contract, you know, they don't really have access to the gym. They probably banked on going to the actual facilities. With that yeah. not open, you're kind of at a disadvantage. But I feel like with him being the MVP um, and we know he was, you know, really working on his jump shot this year, that could kind of take away from him. And that would, you know, provide a lane for teams like the Toronto Raptors, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics to, um, you know, try to, you know, knock them off their heels when it's all said and done with his playoff time as well, too. So those are my um, teams for having an advantage and then a team for having a disadvantage as well, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely agree with that, for sure. Cool. Um, so my other topic I wanted to uh, talk about as well right now is Jalen Green. Obviously, um, you know, you're familiar with him as well, too. But he's essentially going to forego college for the G League um, as well, too. So, you know, the biggest knock on, you know, NCAA sports as well, too, is like these 
players are kind of just being misrepresented in um, the fact of you know trying to get money from endorsements or just getting money um, in general. You know, they're 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 the ones that are the bread makers. They're bringing in all this revenue for these universities, yet they don't get nothing in return as well, too. So I kind of like the direction in which he's going um, because I think he's gonna be that guy to essentially start that new trend of these top tier players going to the G League because he can get 500k and I heard that they're going to have a save they're going to have a basically an investment for him so when he's done with that he's already going to have a four year um, pay for scholarship mm-hmm. to anywhere he wants to go yeah. as well too so I like it too because at the end of the day like NCAA is going to be NCAA but a lot of these you know lottery picks or whatnot they're one and done so why right. not see them get paid and playing the G League as opposed to going through college when you're not even going to get education you know what I'm saying? And when you're in classes, you're really not in classes like that. You're dedicating your time, energy, and effort to basketball as well, too. So what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. um, Jalen, you know, going to – well, foregoing NCAA to go to G League, and do you think this is going to be a trend moving forward and whatnot? Definitely going to be a trend. Um, it's definitely something they've been trying to get together for the last couple of years. And I- started with Darius Bazes. He plays for the OKC Thunder now. Um, he was committed to Ohio State, decommitted, went to the G League. Now he got drafted this past year. Um, I definitely see it. You see these top guys every year in college. They don't even go to class after basketball season. <laughs> ben Simmons went home. I mean, it's, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time and it's a, it's a, it's a risk take, honestly. Mm-hmm. Look at Zion last year. He blew his shoe out at, at the free throw line. Yeah. Lord, that could have been horrible. You know, and you're playing. I mean, it's great to play for a college like this. play for North Carolina. But at the end of the day, if we know what we're trying to do, why are we hindering them from getting to that? I mean, the, the guys is going to play two, three years in college basketball. Let that be for them, for the college basketball lovers. Mm. You know, for the guys who just going and leaving. It's, it's kind of a, of a, a speed bump that shouldn't be there. You know, it doesn't benefit them at all. I think what Jalen doing is great. I think what Isaiah Todd is doing is great, you know, but he's also going to the G League. I love it. You know, it helps the G League grow. I'm a fan of the G League. I, have, I know some people personally in the G League. Nice. It should help them grow, you know, for sure. So I like it. You know, 500K and a college education. <laughs> you know, what school is giving you that? Yeah. Nah, no, nah, I, I, I like, I like, I like your, uh, I like your take on a lot of valid points. So yeah, I, I agree as well too. Um, you know, even moving on from then and there. Uh, so basically, there was a report that came out a couple of days ago saying that in, I believe, in 2011, um, the New Orleans Hornets tried to trade um, Steph and Clay for CP3 to get to the Warriors as well too. So it was a big topic of discussion in the media. They're saying. If you took Clay and if you took Steph, essentially put them on another team, would they still have been able to win a championship? So um, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I looked at it. Steph and Clay are two great players. No knock on them. But just to look at the whole forefront of what the Warriors did and how they assembled their team. Look at the second round pick. The second 
Carolina pick in Draymond, excuse me. He was a big piece to those two. So do I think they could have won a, different, a championship on a different team? It's a possibility because they're two great players. But you need something else than just Steph and Clay to get you there over that hump. Um, it's a good chance they might have, but I can't put – I wouldn't put my money on it. Honestly, I wouldn't put my – I think Steph is a great top five point guy ever, but – I don't know if he has the tools to get it done with just another shooter, and that's just him. Now, if they essentially get AD down the road still, yeah. But talking to 2011, where they do what they did at the Warriors, uh, you got to give a little more credit to, to that Warriors you know, management staff, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um I don't know if they would have won a ring in that market because um, first and foremost, when you're in a smaller market, it's hard to attract, you know, free agents. So you basically got to trade people who are kind of towards the end of their prime um, or expiring contract. And then you're drafting people as well, too. So I feel like with the Warriors, they're obviously a bigger market. They're going to have that that uh, bigger pull factor as well, too. And I think, you know, depending on what organization you're at, that can either stunt your growth or it can, you know, add value to you. And I feel like being under that warrior system, first having Mark Jackson, um, them getting developed there, and then finally going to Steve Kerr, that kind of really elevated Steph Curry and Klay Thompson's game um, as well, too. And also, like you said, the moving pieces. We don't know what moving pieces that were going to be with them if they went elsewhere. Like you said, they had Draymond Green, they had Andrew Bogut, they had Harrison Barnes, they traded for, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his what's the dude's name? He played for the Knicks. I can't remember his name. Uh, white boy, can't remember his name. But he David was a, Lee? David Lee. They had David Lee as well David too. Lee? Yeah, yeah, David, David Lee. Had David yeah. Lee. All those pieces. All those pieces, bro. Um, and, literally... and those pieces essentially form Draymond. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, Draymond seeing David Lee every day in practice. David Lee was cold mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, so. It was the other pieces that formed them. And then Mark Jackson, when he became head coach of the world, he kind of instilled that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like you've seen, it, it was a different type of stuff. Like, I'm shooting it from 40 feet, and this is, this is what it's going to be. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of pieces played into that that championship run for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely, definitely. And then the Warriors wouldn't have even been considered a dynasty if KD didn't go there anyways because when you think about it, when they won that first chip – Kyrie blew out his kneecap. K Love first round yeah. Celtics Kelly and then he messed up his shoulder. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. what ifs, you know what I'm saying? So who knows? Who knows if they would have had a championship or not? For real, for real. And, <laughs> and like I said before, that Warriors GM, KD there, whoever called KD and got him there, you know, they bought two championships. That's what it was, man. I feel like it would have been three if Katie wouldn't have got hurt last year. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a I'm a huge uh, Kawhi Leonard fan. So I'd be biased as hell when it comes to him. But if they <laughs> if they were fully healthy, man, the Warriors are looking crazy. Like you can even see from that 12 minute uh, time span of when he came back. Um, I think it was game right. four. They were down three one. Game five, I think he came back. Game five. And he was just still cooking. I was like, "Yeah, I'm scared right now. Like, I don't know what's about to happen." So, yeah. I he think was Toronto all jump shots. It was all jump shots. All jump shots. All jump shots. It was all jump shots. Yeah, and I was like, you know, if he, if he, if he would have been able to play games five through seven, they would have definitely at least forced a game seven. But if if he was fully healthy, I think Toronto would have still put up a good fight. 
But Katie was just going to be too much, and that was just going to open up the the lanes for um, you know Steph Curry and Klay Thompson as well too. So I guess we'll never know, right? <laughs> and then losing losing Clay losing Clay hurt too. Him getting hurt hurt too. Um, if if because 65% of himself, you may have a different series. But he he can't stay healthy. He is his life. So. It's rough, but going back to the original topic of Steph and Clay, two great players, but win a championship in New Orleans, just per se, I honestly see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so tomorrow, um, MJ Documentary Part 1 um, is finally going to be debuting. They're supposed to hold it till June, but obviously no NBA season. Uh, fans are just craving for something new as well, too. So it's going to be a 10-part documentary series, and it's basically going to explore, explore that last year um, of that 97-98 run, I believe, as well, too. But more so um, them exploring, like, what kind of led to the downfall from the relationship between the players and the GM and the coaching staff as well, too. So I'm pretty excited for that. And I remember um, earlier this week, MJ was basically saying that, you know, obviously he had approval for everything before it got, before, you know, it got finalized and released and whatnot. But he was saying that basically he's a little nervous, not nervous, but he's a little, he's mindful of like, How is how yeah. they're gonna how he's gonna get portrayed? He may be, you know, he may come off as an asshole or whatnot. Um, I don't think that's necessarily bad because at the end of the day, like during that era, you know, you had to be gritty, you had to be tough as well, too. So I think he's fine. I think it's more so we're gonna really see like what it took for him to be, you know, great, what he demanded out of his teammates as well, too, because I feel like we're in an era that's kind of a little too soft and we're kind of, in a way, radio-friendly because our brand and the, uh, the NBA brand itself has expanded internationally as well, too, so you got to be more mindful. But I don't really have a problem with it at all, too. So uh, what are your thoughts on him being worried about that? And then what do you expect um, to see from that MJ documentary? I was, um, you know, ESPN actually released like the first five minutes of it. I think it was yesterday, uh, Friday. They released like the first five minutes of it. And I watched it. Yeah, I saw his comment and I looked at it and I read it and I was talking to one of my closest friends and I was just like, what superstar that's great at his, he does, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, whatever, whatever. Which of them aren't look like assholes, honestly? <laughs> Kobe, all the years he doesn't pass, he's not a good teammate. You know, so honestly, the competitor and all of us that love sports, I think we're going to actually love it to see what it was actually like seeing Jordan day in and day out. We knew when he was great under the lights, you know, in the All-Star games and the games and the six championships. You know, I, we see that, but we need to see what it's like in those practice facilities, in those meetings, you know, seeing it like that and uh, and then – you know, taking a part and learning from it. You know, it's, it's hard to keep something together like that for six championships. You know, that's 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 great. That's, you know, and to see it fall apart and to see how it's going to fall apart if we see it that deeply, how we I think we do. Um, it's gonna be something to see for sure. It, it should be a learning curve for America, and I think um, that was one of the most well put together things that's ever been put together as far as sports teams. Um, so to see that kind of the rise and the fall of it, 
it's, it's a good thing to see. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, a lot of people around our generation, um, they kind of go both ways. They either say LBJ is a GOAT or obviously, like, without a doubt, Michael Jordan's a GOAT. Do you think with this 10-part series and the fact that there's no basketball going on right now, do you think this is going to kind of reiterate that he is a GOAT and kind of cancel that GOAT discussion? Well, you got something about it. And that's, I think MJ's the GOAT. Mind you, I was born in 95, so I honestly, the GOATness, no, but I do play the game of basketball. Now, I've seen Kobe. I've seen LeBron, even though I was, I'm, Carmelo Anthony's my favorite player, so you know what side of the battle I was <laughs> I think with this 10-part series, people should sit down and really appreciate Jordan for what he, for what he was. And for what basketball was in that point in time, how physical a game it was, it was it was football without pads, essentially. No, I like that. You know, to see what he did against those teams, those piston teams, you know, to see what he did, to see what he had to get over to essentially win those six championships, I don't see how he's not, you know, saying the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So excited to watch that joint. Um, like I said, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna keep it's gonna keep us entertaining and keep us happy, and we're gonna get to in a way kind of dissect the brain of um, one of the true greats, if not the goat. You know, as far as athletes go as well, too. So I'm excited for that. Uh, before I end things, you know, the season may be canceled for now. It may come back, but the show kind of must go on as well, too. So I want to go back and forth with you and I. So there's a couple of awards um, that come out towards the end of the year for the regular season. So I'm going to ask you who you think your pick should be and why. Um, So we can start off with the first award. Who do you think is going to be, if the season ended today, no more games, and they went straight to the playoffs, who do you think would be the coach of the year and why? I have to say Nick Nurse. To lose his best player, essentially, and still be what they are in the East, you know, to take two points and Van Fleet and Lowry and a 6-11, Kyle Ford, whatever you want to call them, and be what they are, I think it's, it's, it's tremendous. Um, they have a series on YouTube that I watch um, that takes you, like, behind the scenes of everything that they do. He's a great coach. If, if you're a basketball junkie, like, you see it. He's a great coach. Um, he might not be liked because he. some people may feel that, you know, that wasn't his team, but he's a great coach. And what he's doing this year without Kawhi Leonard, you know, they'd have been right there back in the thickest things. I probably think in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals, going against Milwaukee, like, it would have been toe-to-toe. It's crazy how you mentioned that because that was literally my answer. I didn't know what to expect as far as your answer, but that was my answer as well, too. You take Kawhi Leonard, you take Danny Green away from that team. Um, a lot of people really thought they weren't going to be as good as they are, but you, like you said, Nick Nurse is a great coach, and um, I really haven't watched it this season, but yeah. last year I used to watch um, their day-to-day – not day-to-day, I think it was like weekly by weekly when they, you got to see like behind the ropes of what they're doing, and they were kind of – focus yeah. on one key player as well, too. So I got to learn a little bit more about Nick Nurse. Um, and obviously, like, I'm a huge fan of Danny Green, so I, I listened to his podcast inside the green room. He had him up there as well, too. But he's one of my favorite 
coaches right now, as far as like new coaches, obviously my favorite is Coach Pop. Um, you gotta have respect for like Phil Jackson, all them good good cats like that, Doc Rivers and whatnot. But I really, really like like Nick Nurse and um, the fact that he was able to coach on all different levels kind of prepared him for now as well too. So um, I think he's gonna win Coach of the Year, and I think like you said. The Raptors have a great chance to get to the conference finals, if not the finals as well, too. I mean, they're the reigning champions, so to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. So I, I like that pick right. for you. I like that pick as well, too. Right. Uh, moving on from there, who would you give rookie of the year to? <laughs> <laughs> so this thing, I have a new fan. I'm a Nuggets dude fan. So I got to go with John Morant. That, I mean, what he was doing, the grit, to have that, that Grizzlies team on the cusp of making the playoffs, yeah, it's an ABC. I mean, but I know some people that can't name five people that play for the Grizzlies. So, what he, he's done up to this point, you got to go John. I understand Zion has the, the glitz and the glamour, the dunks and everything, but John Morant, that kid got it. Yeah, he has. It. Yeah, he has to win with Kitty. I don't, I don't understand how it's a debate. I understand Kendrick Nunn that plays for the Heat. I understand what he's done and everything on that side of things as well. But I think that's just a personal beef between them and Iguodala. I just think that's feeding to But John Morant, I don't think it's a race. Honestly, I don't think it's close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, I'm gonna have to agree with you again. I'm actually a Duke fan as well too. I, I feel like if Zion never uh, tore his meniscus, um, he would definitely be rookie of the year, hands down. Um, just to see this small sample size of what he's been doing is crazy, and I feel like the Pelicans would definitely have been or secured that AFC as well, too. But you got to go off the numbers. You got to go off availability as well, too, um, and narrative. So, like you said, no one can really even name five, six players on that team. So, um, for him to... For us to so my expectation in Memphis was you're going to be a lottery y'all going you know just develop your young players and uh, probably get a lottery pick and just you know keep going from there on. No one expected them to be the eighth seed at all. So for them to be in the eighth seed, a couple games over 500, really you know play up to their level, even above their level as well too. And for John Moran to come in and do what he's doing, um, I think he has to be a unanimous um, you know. Rookie of the Year uh, front runner as well too, so I definitely agree with you um, on, in that aspect as well. Um, my next question for you: Who would you give the most improved player to? There's a lot of there's a lot of people to choose from, but I want to I want to hear your I want to hear your take. There's a lot of people. Um, I feel like that person that they got back in his bag this year and took his game to another level. Got to say Jason Tatum. Um, That's interesting. Jason Tatum, someone to say he had like a down year last year. Um, you know, he did a lot of working out with Kobe. He was shooting that that long. And it really, he had like kind of a down year uh, because of that. But this year, because the spotlight hasn't been on in Boston, and you got to see what LeBron's doing out there in the, in the West. If you watch the Celtic game, Jason Tatum been in the bag all year. So I got to go Jason Tatum. It's probably an unfavored pick, an unlikely pick. I know it's kind of weird. Um, I'm interested, interested to see who you would say. Uh, I got to go Jason Tatum for sure. 
Cool, cool, cool. I wasn't expecting that. I, for 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 a split second, I thought we were literally gonna have the same people from top to bottom. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but I thought about him. He wasn't actually in my list. So some front runners were were Brandon Ingram. Well, Brandon Ingram was my front runner, but I'm gonna have to go with this guy. Um, last year he, he averaged 11 points per game, three assists, three rebounds, and this year he's averaging 19 points, six rebounds, three assists. First time All Star for the Miami Heat. I gotta go with Bam Adebayo. Um, I never thought he would make this leap. Okay, hey, the, hey, you know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, ne- I never thought he would make this leap. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting some bash behind this. Mm. I'm very close with his AAU team. I'm gonna uh-huh. get some bash. Bam is having a great year. I'm not gonna take my answer, but Bam is having a great year. Yeah, yeah. And the, no one really thought, like, when when I thought Jimmy Butler was going to Miami, I was like, dude, like, y'all were one lucky jump shot away from getting to the conference finals and potentially getting to the finals to go off against the Warriors. Like, why would you leave this good environment and go over there? But he must have saw something in the, yeah. these players. Right. And Bam has just been playing out of this world, um, you know, and I think he's one of the major pieces on why they're, you know, the fourth seed right now. I think they were as high as the second seed. You know, they're only a couple games behind each other. But I feel like he mm-hmm. is one of the main reasons of why um, they are back to, you know, a top-tier team right now. So that was my pick. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I could. That's a great pick. I, I love my pick, but I love your pick, uh, Bam and B.I. Beyond him had a little bit of wins in their win column to solidify what he was doing. Um, but Bam, for sure. Um, I love I like your pick as well. But, um, Bam. Okay, cool. Um, and then my other one is who would you give the defensive player of the year to? <sighs> Gotta go AD. Mm. Um, Gotta go AD. He's the piece right now on the defensive end. He keeps that thing together out there in LA. Um, and for his, I like the way that he he can guard one through five. You know, he blocks shots. He's alter shots. Um, he can get in the passing lane. He's 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 a his agility is good enough to get in the passing lanes. I gotta go AD with defensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was torn between um, AD and Giannis Antetokounmpo, but I got to agree with you. I, I kind of switched it last minute. I'm going AD, too. Um, the Lakers have been playing great this year. Um, he took it upon himself to also challenge LeBron James, and you can kind of really see um, that his presence has changed the whole dynamic of that Lakers team as well, too. So I agree with you. I'm going to go with AD as well. Two more. Um, who would be your sixth man of the year? Okay. okay. So, do we have a tie? <laughs> and can they tell the same thing? <laughs> so you got to go Trez. Trez killing all the bench. And you got to go Lou Will. I mean, Lou Will is the sixth man of the sixth man of them all. Um, I think Lou Will should go ahead and get it. I think he's like tied for the record for the most sixth man. I think he has three. I think the record is four. I saw him talking about it. And, um, but I mean, Montrez, you know. He's different off the bench as well, and he enjoys coming off the bench. It's something you don't see nowadays. 
someone who enjoys coming off the bench. And between Lou Will and him, like, it's crazy to be on the same team. Uh, it's just so deep that this team is. Between those two, if I had to choose, I'd go Lou Will because I'm a Lou Will fan. Uh, but it's, it's got to be between those two for sure. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy, man. Same, same shit. Same shit. <laughs> same yeah. shit. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to think. <sighs> those two killing. Yeah, bro. They're, 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 literally, they're literally averaging damn near 20 off the bench, which is crazy. And the fact that the Clippers have had, like, the most injuries that they had to deal with this year, they sometimes had to be reinserted into the starting lineup, and they and they perform well, They perform well too. Yeah, um, yeah but I'm going to give it to Montrose Hill just because Lou Williams has had, has had it so much, but this is, like, another level we've seen from um, Montrose Hill. So, yeah. you know, just seeing him in that Golden State series last year and seeing how really no one could really mess with that guy on – on on go to state no. and for him to translate that over bringing in two extra talents and Kawhi and PG and still putting up those numbers that speaks high volumes to what he's doing as well too and like you said the biggest sure. thing is he he accepted his role and he's and he's thriving in that role as well too if not I don't know if he's a free agent got to check everything but he's going to be getting paid <laughs> whenever his time comes as well too I so think, I agree I with think you. he he might got one more on his rookie deal mm-hmm. I know he's still on his rookie deal mm-hmm. he might got one more um, and I know the, the Rockets are kind of kicking themselves in the behind because he was in Houston before it. Bro, they had Patrick Beverly, so Montrezl Harrell. They had Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harrell, and Lou Williams all at once. Isn't that crazy? All at one time. And, and for, for the style of play that Houston wants to play this year, and I love it, small ball, you know. Mm. You throw Montrezl Harrell that fast. He's small enough that he can still run. He can still do everything that y'all want to do. But he's a body that can check an actual five. And mm-hmm. y'all got rid of that. To bring in CP. But I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Trey is different, for sure. Yeah, definitely different. I agree with you with that one. And the last one to um, end things is your MVP. Who is your MVP? So I got a weird take on MVP. Like I look at it and I always ask myself, if I take this person off his team, are they still good? So if I take Giannis off of the book, are they still good? They might not be where they are, like at the top seed in, in the East, but are they still good? I think they're still a playoff team. If you take Giannis off, I think they're still a playoff team. If you take LeBron off the Lakers, are they still a playoff team? I can't really see it in the way. You take James Harden off the Rockets, are they the Rockets? Even with Russell Westbrook, are they the Rockets, though? I don't think so. So I I will give it to LeBron, <laughs> year 17, everything he's doing. And mind you, I'm a Mellow fan to this day. I'm a Mellow fan. But we'll see what he's doing in year 17. He's put this thing on his back. He hasn't missed that many games. You know, he comes in night in, night out and performs. Yes, he has AD. But even with AD, you take LeBron off that team, I don't think the Lakers are winning 35 games. The Lakers by themselves don't add no value. Take LeBron off. And if, it doesn't, LeBron, if LeBron doesn't get it, add James Harden. All right. Cool. Um, 
That's been a tough one. So first and foremost, I think the way the Rockets are constructed, they're actually built to they're built more they're more tailored towards Russell Westbrook, and we've seen what Russell Westbrook can do without shooters. Post KD, obviously he got uh, Melo and he got um, Paul George his second year after KD left. Yeah. But that first year, they still won about 45, 46 games. So I think the Rockets he, will, he will still be in the playoffs. The playoff. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so I think the Rockets will still be in the playoffs. Um, I don't know what seed they would be. LeBron, um, that's a tough one because I feel like the league loves narratives. So I felt like if the season actually played out and the Lakers were to either be tied with the Bucks or have a slightly better record, they would probably give it to him just because of his him being year 17. The Lakers haven't been in the playoffs in a long time um, as well, too. But I think what kind of, in a way, takes away from him is he is playing with another top five player. Like Giannis is kind of essentially doing okay. this by himself as well, too. And his numbers are phenomenal. They're the number one seed in the overall NBA as well, too. And obviously your whole thing was if you take a player off a team, what would they be like? We kind of saw a small representation of what they'd be like when Giannis kind of got hurt towards the end of this season um, as well, yep. too. They started losing mm-hmm. left and right as well, too. So um, I give it to Giannis. I give it to Giannis just because of the numbers, um, because they have the best record. Um and, you know, he has an improved jump shot as well, too. And I really think that he's he's just on a mission to prove why he's one of the top-tier players as well, too. So give it to Giannis. But I would have to see how the season played out because it's, it's neck and neck with right. LeBron and Giannis. But I'm a- For sure. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So do you got Giannis and then beating the Lakers in the seven-game series? I think that's, a, that's, a, that's what it was going to be mm. in the end. Um. All, so it, it is a regular season award. That should give you a hint to who I think will win that. Um, but I, w- I would go with the Lakers. I think the Lakers are winning about like six games. I mean, at the end of the day, the the Bucks have depth, but the Bucks haven't been there. LeBron's been there as well too. And I just think that uh, when you can key in on one team over the course of two weeks and kind of expose their flaws, especially with Giannis and his playoff Brown with 80 who hasn't been there, who's hungry. And they have veterans like Rondo, like Danny Green, Dwight Howard, who all been there as well, too, been battle-tested. The Lakers got that, bro. Lakers got that, without a yeah. doubt. Rondo, that's my guy. Like, <laughs> I met Rondo uh, two years ago at the Top 100 camp for half-year kid. I met Rondo, too. Um, I didn't mention him earlier, but Rondo, cool. That's my guy. A lot of people don't like Rondo. Um, that's my guy. I feel like in the playoffs, the Lakers are going to take it to another level. And, I, and I'm a Nuggets fan. I love the Nuggets to death. I've been liking it since Melo was there with Melo jump ship. I never left a state. Um, but that playoff Lakers team is going to be a little different. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, man. But I appreciate you being on episode 76, man. Um, any 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 closing remarks or anything like that you want to say? Man, as we said before, just deal with the quarantine. Do what the government actually do. <laughs> Things be back to normal. Everybody, take a look at this this greatness. This one, the Eric Tomorrow and the Michael Jordan document series. It's been a pleasure being on here, man. Um, I was nervous before, but it's cool. <laughs> uh, I love what you. I love what you're doing here. Um, and everybody, follow Hoop Image on all social media platforms. Yes, sir. Follow Hoop Image, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it there first. Um, And, you know, with that being said, this was episode 76 of the Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe on all 
Follow us on social media at The Caesar Show. That's T-H-E-S-E-E-Z-U-S-S-H-O-W. And then obviously Sir Caesars and like he said, Hoop Image. So on that note, we out.